0: Today, I am your host, Corey Mueller. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the HuntCast branch of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. This is a little bit different set of episodes that we do, talking about gear, talking about hunting experiences, and I bring on lots of different people, trying to get some experts on. And I got my buddy Tristan here, who has become my fast and reliable hunting friend. And how are you doing, Tristan? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. I have uh been pushing around a leaf blower at work for the last couple of days, so I'm feeling pretty great. Um we had a very exciting weekend this last weekend. It's been a while since we've checked in about hunting. We recorded the last time we recorded was almost a month ago. It was at the beginning mm-hmm. of October and we had Uh, If you haven't listened to our first episode, which was 150, Bones and I kind of went over what the Hunt cast is going to be, so go back and listen to that first, and then Tristan and I released an episode on, it was episode 151, so that's sort of the overview of who Tristan is and why he's here, so go listen to that. Pause this one, come back to it, go listen to the other one. Go do it right now. Don't wait. So you got your Fred Bear shirt on over you. there. Yeah, Donald. That's right, Donald. You got your Fred Bear shirt on over there. Absolutely. Just getting
1: into the Michigan hunting spirit.
0: Yeah, Fred Bear had, a, had his own camo pattern that he developed himself, and it's a pretty good one. And Tristan has a nice warm pullover that he was wearing on a couple of our hunts over the weekend. So we're going to talk about a couple of things today. One of which is going to be some gear. Since our last episode, we did talk about gear in our last episode, and that's something that we both enjoy. That's a big reason why we like doing this so much, is gear is fun, and we've been on a little bit of a fun journey going through and getting all sorts of fun gear, and there's been some updates, so we're going to talk about that. And We're going to recap our hunting extravaganza from the weekend of October 29th, 30th, and 31st. We got uh, the opportunity to hunt together for three days, which is pretty cool. So we're going to talk about that. Yes, that Um, was cool. It was a good time. Good time. We did not experience um, freezer filling success. However, we did experience success in other ways. So let's talk. Let's dive right into it. Let's talk about our, our first evening. So I had to work on it was Saturday October 29th I was I worked till 430 and then as soon as I got off um, we headed north do you want to do you want to give a little recap of uh, that evening
1: um, yeah I do remember us being in kind of a rush because you got off at 430 um, but we learned a lot on this hunt so our walk in um, kind of a little description of the area our walk in was kind of a, a A spot that had been clear cut. I don't remember what year it was, or what year it was on I think so. Yeah, 2009. Um, So um, it was. It was a little different of a spot than we were kind of used to going, which was super super thick. Um, And then we got into some thicker stuff and actually found this really really nice clearing. where um there's some nice kind of grass also kind of dirt some some ferns that had um been kind of matted down by the weather and stuff but it also had some pretty um decent deer sign you know some pretty used um game trails across the ferns and across this opening um so we decided to sit there um and absolutely nothing happened (laughs) except for us um, deciding that it yeah. would be a really really good food
0: plot yeah it was a it was a bowl so it was probably three quarters of a mile back into some manistee national forest property and it was through some very dense small uh like sapling maple trees popple trees stuff like that um and so it was a little bit of hard going getting back there. I remember thinking we started off walking back on a logging trail, and the logging trails are like the easiest way to travel in these areas because they, nothing has grown back really on the logging trails. So it's, uh, it's pretty easy to move. We got it, it, has, it was late enough in October now where all the leaves have dropped. So it was incredibly loud walking back there. Um, every step you take, Every move you make, the deer will be watching you. And uh, the leaves were so crunchy as we were walking back there. Um, but yeah, kind of we were looking at Onyx and trying to find a good spot to maybe set up because we basically had two options. We're going to f- walk till we find a good spot or we're just going to walk and see if we find anything worth coming back to the next day and we didn't there wasn't a whole lot of sign as we were walking in um i had been in this area not in this exact spot a couple of times already and i've had mixed i had mixed results out there Seen some good sign but also seen nothing at the same time so um it was sort of like if we don't see anything tonight or we don't have any interactions with deer Probably not gonna come back until next year because this is such a big swath of of land, thousands of acres. How many that, acres? It was like yeah, 3, thousands, thousands of acres. Yeah, it was like three thousand yeah. acres. I mean, and that's so we basically we went in and I had already been out there three times and Tristan and I that made a, that made four and we didn't see anything. There wasn't great sign, um, and it's one of those things where. We're gonna put it on the shelf for next year because it does have potential um, to be That's a really amazing cool bot. potential. However, we didn't have the time to waste sitting around and scouting because Tristan was only there for the weekend, so we wanted to hunt. We didn't want to like sit and hope for the best. Um. So yeah, it wasn't. I think the lesson that I took from that night was it. It was a little. I felt a little bit defeated, but I think the lesson I took from it was the information that you can gain means that you probably won't waste time. So, like, if you go in, you don't see very much sign. There's a lot of people around. Like, there was those guys cutting down trees There was close by with a chainsaw. Um, uh-huh. Just stuff like that doesn't make for uh, a, a conducive environment for us to kill a deer. And so, we just decided to kind of scrap it. And I, I don't think that's bad. When you're hunting public land, something that we've learned is, like, sometimes you can put in some effort into a piece and then just bail out because there's just, it's not what you thought it was. Uh, Maybe there was deer sign at one point and then all of a sudden there's not and they've moved on somewhere else. And that's just the nature of hunting public property. So that's what I took out of that one.
1: I think one of the biggest takeaways I think that we've taken, not just from that experience, but also from You know, some of the research we've done at at stuff is you have to find the balance of spending time in a spot and also knowing when to move on Mm -hmm. and look for greener pastures, so to speak. Yep. Um, Because, I mean, the name of the game is putting yourself in a position to be able to harvest an animal and fill your freezer and feed your family. And
0: And as bad as we want to, like, pound an area uh, to find stuff. It just doesn't in the short term. Like we didn't have a ton of time, it just didn't make sense. That was sort of an area that we had picked out on Onyx, and it was like, yeah, that that kind of looks cool. And I had gone out a few times and hunted out there and and you know scouted, and it could have gone either way, but ultimately it just wasn't right for what we were doing in that moment. So the next day we decided to move on to a spot that we already had been to, and we are sort of being purposefully vague on where we're going but just know we're on public land just outside of Cadillac, Michigan so there's a lot of that Um, so the next day was October 30th and we went to an area that we had already scouted and there was a large, uh, I guess we'll call it a bowl that we we ended up calling the upside down because it was like so (laughs) deep, it was so deep in Um, and I'm going to let you take it from here. The we went out like first thing in the morning, we were in the woods at six 30 and why don't you take it away? So
1: there we were six 30 in the morning, Manistee national forest, um, vague land outside of Cadillac. Um, (laughs) So, I learned a lesson on this trip, and we'll get to that here in a second. So, I've got my tree stand and my climbing stick set up, and I'm I'm ready to go, like, climb this tree, um, on this hunt. Um, and... Here we go walking into the woods, and, I don't know, maybe 50 to 75 yards off the side of the road. (laughs) Um... Two... Deer, was it two or three? Did we decide on it? Was two or three?
0: It was a group of any. It could have been. It was like we, two to. five. I think it was
1: a group of like two to two to two to five deer that were probably fifteen to twenty yards away from us. Yeah, and we um, walked up right off right on and, to and, them. and and yeah. and take off. Yeah, yeah walked up right onto them. Um, so I mean, it was kind of cool. It was also super frustrating because um, at the time we were walking in, we couldn't see them they couldn't see us it wasn't legal shooting light yeah um and on public land when you spook deer it kind of it kind of can ruin your day sometimes Mm -hmm. um not saying that this time did that um because we didn't hear them blow however public land deer are a lot more finicky and usually will vacate an area Um, so
0: tristan says blow the uh the thing that happens a lot of times with these does it was a group of does and when they spot you and they kind of they don't maybe automatically run right away but when they know that you're maybe a threat and you're there and they know it they'll kind of stomp their foot on the ground and they'll just go and then they typically run away
1: it's real high high pitched and kind of annoying you'll know it when you hear it yeah because as soon
0: as you hear it you're like shit (laughs) as they go running away yeah um, yeah, you just yeah. know. That was cool though because um, we had spent a lot of time like talking about that for a second. Yes, it was too dark, and yes, it was it obviously was not ideal. But up until that point, we yeah
1: we hadn't seen deer together on yeah, public land up exactly, until this point, exactly. or heard or or even heard deer on public land together we at hadn't this point. Spooked
0: them. We hadn't seen them. We I mean it was. Mm-hmm. So just that fact by itself was for me it was really cool
1: yeah it was a well I, I for me too i mean it it made me feel pretty good because i mean our scouting efforts at the beginning of the year like mm-hmm. there's deer here so we identified I mean, a
0: food source <laughs> we identified some possible travel areas mm-hmm. that upside down was one of those spots where it was like this is either going to be a gold mine or it's going to be a complete bust and i mean mm-hmm. they were there they were pretty much where we thought they were and that was cool Mm -hmm. and the gold (laughs) and
1: the gold mine will the gold mine will come out here a little bit later on oh yeah yeah
0: um so
1: (laughs) we get out to the middle of the this upside down and we are sitting into like the side of this bowl Mm -hmm. um kind of on the opposite side of the upside down
0: it's Um, a steep decline by the way so like it's probably yes. It's, extremely I don't know steep. What angle you're, you may be thinking it was, but it was. It was.
1: It was. It was steep enough to where I was using a tree, like a a, a windfall tree, to prop myself up against yeah. a stump, and it almost felt like I was. It. It, it almost felt like I was standing up. It. Yep. It wasn't.
0: It's one of those where you got to kind of climb down sideways and zigzag down. Climbing up is easier mm-hmm. than climbing down. And it's pitch dark, and we're climbing. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. With packs and everything else. Yeah. Um, so we ended up picking a spot and um, set up in the dark. Um, took a nap for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, nothing happened. But as the sun came up, um, we were able to identify some other travel routes and some stuff like that in this area going down into this bowl and up over this kind of saddle area and two um, the upside down mm-hmm. on the opposite side. Yeah. Um, so we learned a little bit about deer movement there. Uh, well, we learned a lot of bit about deer movement there. Um, and Corey, cause you were the person that spotted this. I'll let you talk about the
0: walkout. Yeah. The walkout was super cool. So when we had scouted there before we walked down, we ended, we found ourselves in the bowl, the base of what we call the upside down. So it's that really steep, Imagine like wind trees all the way and you know, big root balls everywhere. And so we climbed up out of that, and there was this big opening about 50 yards past the upside down. And it was just we called it the acorn flat because there was a lot of acorn dropping oaks, a lot of tracks everywhere. Very clearly, you know, deer were coming in here and feeding. Um, and so we marked that point, we marked the upside down. You know, okay, this is this is good stuff. And so, when we're climbing out of the upside down, when we were actually hunting on Sunday, we kind of we didn't we skirted the edge of that of the Acorn Flat because um, we were making our way out. And on our on our walk out, we were probably a hundred yards from the truck, and right next to Tristan. I mean, he w- he was walking basically right over it. I was like, dude, that's a scrape. So, if any of you don't know what a scrape is, we're going to educate you real quick. Generally, when a buck is in rut, it what it, it scrapes the ground with his hoof and then he pees in it. And that's like marking his territory and it's let it's it's letting other bucks in the area know like this is my spot. These are my women. Stay away. And so what'll typically happen is bucks will scrape the same spot. They'll scrape it, they'll pee in it. Then generally, you know, there's a rub on a tree. So they use their antlers and, you know, whatever. So it was a huge scrape, probably like two yards by two yards, big, large scrape. And so that was super cool because I had never even seen one of those in person before. Didn't really know what it looked like. And that was super cool. So we uh, we probably hung out there and game planned a little bit for like five, ten minutes. We carried on walking and we get to where right around where the truck is at and i mean literally right next to the two track direct like directly next to the two Get two track, foot
1: two foot off the road two foot there's off the road maybe another maybe. scrape
0: another scrape about the same size as the one we just found and i was just like dumbfounded because we've put on miles like we walk like we we put on like 25 miles to scout <laughs> And there's two scrapes 100 yards off the road. One of them, two feet off the road. Through the... Just stupid. Yeah, yeah we're like div- going through real tough... Miles of terrain. scouting
1: through the... Bur- through the- yeah. I mean, we're, we're going through areas that we're giving names like the Upside Down.
0: Yeah, it's not... It has not been easy, the areas we've been getting into. And so it was super cool, but also kind of like, man, it's crazy what the rut does to a deer. Because during the rut, bucks don't really think clearly. They're thinking about one thing. And that's the sexy time. That's all they're thinking about, baby. Come on and give me that, dear. You know what I'm saying? I need that. And so, yeah, they're making scrapes right on the road. So that was cool. And we talked about that uh, for a little while. And, and our basically, it was like we got to come and we got to come back and follow up on these scrapes. That's two. Those are two scrapes that we have to come back to. And so we, our plan was to come back in the afternoon to that spot. Um, and so we did and long story short, I hate to say it. We didn't see shit in the afternoon. (laughs) Nope. And Tristan was going to put up his tree stand and what did you, you forgot? What did you forget? I,
1: so I had my tree stand, my, my steps, all that stuff. So let me, let me explain a little bit how this happened and a little bit about my unpreparedness that I'm going to take some ownership for. Um, so I was hunting out of your truck yes um so i had to transfer some gear over and um i didn't do a, a double check and i forgot the straps that go around the tree steps to actually mm. attach the steps to the tree yep so essentially i had um a ladder with no legs Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs so <laughs> I, <laughs> So, um, I had to go as a compound hunter, I had to go super trad and, um, find a ground spot to sit in.
0: (laughs) I at least had a chair. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Corey had a chair. Um, I sat on my tree stand, um, seat pad on the ground, um, Mm -hmm. nice and comfortably. Um, and ended up not getting a spot where I had great shooting lanes whatsoever because I didn't have that piece of gear. So, I think those um, scrapes check too, and double check and yeah. double check.
0: Those scrapes to hunt those scrapes properly, I really do think a tree stand or a more concealed ground blind is would be necessary because there's no easy way. On one side you have you you have some elevation, but there's no concealment. On the other side, you start to go down into what looks to be a bedding area down a deep into a bowl. And so the the amount of spots that there could have been to hunt that were pretty slim um so we were kind of unprepared for that one and that was a good learning experience because like i don't know where we would have done gone differently but there was definitely a, a better position that we could have been in um and for Tristan that position was in a tree but for me is like the way i've sort of chosen to hunt this year which is my, mainly from the ground um being a little bit more we were basically hunting like ten yards off the scrape, which isn't always the best thing to do. Um, you wanna understand the pattern that the that the bucks or whatever is moving in, um, and then position yourself appropriately and we just I mean we kind of messed it up. You wanna hunt
1: in you kinda of wanna hunt in between the areas where they scrape and use those like mm-hmm. branches and stuff like that just to kind of mitigate your the human scent in their area. It'll really it'll really push a buck to go what's called nocturnal. Um, and then they really won't come out at all during the (laughs) daylight. And yeah. And then, you know, when they're not out in the daylight, we, you don't have a chance to harvest that animal anymore. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, it didn't end up going very well, but on the plus side, we, that night we had lots of time to like, we ended up having like a really deep conversation while we were out. And that, If we're talking about takeaways, that was my takeaway is, like, it's not always about the deer. It's not always about shooting an animal or whatever. Hunting is a lot about building the camaraderie. And we're going to have an episode talking about this topic, but, like, this just reinforced it. It was, like, three hours of just good shit. And it's hard to get that in today's world because you're constantly busy. You're doing shit all the time. And this was just quiet. There was nothing going on, nothing around. Nature. Bald eagles flying overhead. That was pretty epic. Um and just yeah, guys bald eagles being flying dudes around. So, yeah, yeah it, was it, was pretty, cool. it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: So, the next day was probably our best chance to while we were together to to get a deer. Um we were i i've been i have had permission to hunt at apsie farms now for a while um and i was given permission to bring tristan along with me so we decided to go on monday to hunt at apsie farms um which is wonderful and for all of you listening apsie farms is if you haven't heard us talk about apsie farms before it's a regenerative agriculture focused pasture farm they raise beef chicken Pork, um, and they also have developed a network of local Michigan farmers who do the same to help provide you with fresh, pastured meats that are raised responsibly in a way that also benefits the planet Earth. If you're interested in learning more about Apsy Farms, go to appsyfarms.com, and you can build yourself a meat bundle. And when you do that, and you go to checkout, use code Warrior Ten at checkout and get yourself ten percent off. And it just helps you it helps the planet it helps your family it's good for the animals it's just good for everybody so go and do it don't wait go do it now
1: let so me, let me tell you about how happy these yeah, animals are at Appsy farms yeah the the, the 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 chicken named wanda
0: <laughs> wandering wanda
1: yeah wandering wanda that's just yes I, uh, the, the, the amazing place, amazing animals.
0: I got to pet wandering one of the other day. She was like sleeping. Oh yeah. And I came up and was petting her and she was cool with it. So um yeah, Apsey Farms is great. Um I harvested my two deer from there last year. So Tristan and I went down to Apsy Farms and we set up in what we thought was a good spot, which nor I mean, I've had good luck there in the past. Um, Tristan was in a tree stand and I was hunting from the ground and yeah tristan why don't you talk about your first experience at apsey farms and and give us a recap
1: so that morning sitting on the ground was a a good wait i guess i guess i'll kind of rewind a little bit before the tree stand and talk about oh yeah that's right morning I you sit. Were on the ground in the morning um yeah yeah we sit on the ground in the morning um mm-hmm. and well we didn't see well we saw a lot of deer on our way in in the morning um Apsy Farms has a lot of deer.
0: Um, dozens. There's dozens. Dozens
1: of deer. So you see eyeballs running across the field as you're walking into the spot. Yeah. Um but during shooting light didn't really see anything. Um I think it kind of went and had a lot to deal with like the temperature. Um it was a little warmer all the days that we hunted, so mm-hmm. it got a little warmer a little faster. Um so that first morning was a good orientation morning, I guess, for me personally of, you know, what the farm looked like in the daylight, kind of got to see how the deer moved when they took off back to their bedding areas and stuff When I could see them with my, as on our walk in. Um, really, really good and educational, I guess is what I would chalk up my first like morning at APSE farms. Mm-hmm um i think you might be able to say that to a little bit going there and hunting archery instead of rifle
0: yeah so i hunted uh i hunted there a lot last year during rifle season and and it's 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 super easy with a rifle you go and you sit in a blind that's already at the edge of a field and deer come you know within 200 yards of you and it's it's pretty straightforward and simple um it has been a much different experience archery hunting. So after we, we hunted in the morning, didn't see much good learning experience, but then came back uh, in the afternoon and I set up on the ground and Tristan set up in a tree stand and it was kind of more of the same. We didn't really see a whole lot of action until about like 6.15. Um, and at that point, there were deer starting to come out of some bedding areas. Um, but we hadn't seen any come into the field that we were set up on, which traditionally nine times out of ten, I would sit out there and see deer all the time. And so I was a little frustrated. I was really like hoping for both of Don't us. forget to get... about your oh, did you I'm talk about there. your cool experience? Oh, yeah, I got your, say, no, your I gotta cool experience
1: that. before that.
0: I do, yeah. I so yeah, rewind a little bit. I had a crazy cool experience and I was sitting in my chair (laughs) in my spot because I had moved to a different spot. And I'm sitting there and I just hear the crunching of leaves behind me and it sounds like a person walking up behind me. And in this moment I had to tell myself, okay, this is either a deer walking up behind you or it's a human. And you could potentially get stabbed in the back. And it was a risk that I was willing to take. Um, I had my phone in my hands. And I was pretty sure it was a deer behind me. So I kind of tilted the camera just enough to where I thought it was and started hitting the volume button, which takes photos. And I probably took like seven or eight photos and then slowly like looked back at my phone and there's a deer standing right there like 15 yards away. And it was the craziest thing because she, I think she knew something was there. She didn't know what it was because I just sat super still and shout out to Origin Camo. Because I don't think she knew I was a threat. But by time I could turn around and potentially get a shot, she was too far away. And I, couldn't, I could only see her head. So that was super cool. Never had something like... I mean, archery hunting is just wild. Some of the experiences that you have with animals coming so close to you like that. Um, so that was super cool. Now, going back to where we were, which was closer to the end of the night. So 6.15. And Tristan texts me, we're starting to see some deer movement, and he said they were in an opposite field. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go get them. And <laughs> at this point, he thought I was joking, and in fact, I was not. So I'm trying to sneak around into this field, and in the process of doing so, I spooked about four deer that were coming into the field we were sitting
1: in. So, oh, and meanwhile, I see... A doe jumped the fence sixty yards away from my tree stand. Yeah. After I get this text message and thinks Corey is 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 joking, so <laughs> I'm 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 in my tree stand with my rangefinder and my bow, like in the hunt, in the
0: hunt. And yes, go ahead, Corey. Back yeah, to so I I've got the bright <laughs> idea to try to I was like this is gonna be the most badass moment of my life, and so I I snuck around. And I probably got like I was probably like 50 yards away and these deer spotted me almost immediately and jumped the fence. Um but then another cool thing happened. So like that was stupid, and I learned from that. That was insanely dumb. Like when you're on public land, sometimes you've got to take really like you're like making high risk, high reward maneuvers. That was not a moment that I should have done that. It was unintelligent, and I learned from that. But on the plus side, we did get to see a cool thing. So we came around the other side of the field. Cause at that point we was like, well, let's go see if we can sneak up on him. So we snuck around to the other side of the field and we got to see this buck. He's like a small six point buck, probably two and a half years old, maybe, um, big bodied deer, small rack. And he was rutting hard chasing these does through the field. I mean, head down, sprinting around, never seen anything like it. It was super cool to watch that. Um, and we were about 150 yards away from him at that point. And they saw, he saw us move or, I mean, something winded us, whatever. And yeah. And then he ended up running away with all the, with all the ladies. Um, but it was still super cool to see. And, um, on the plus side, those deer were by, so we went back and got all our gear and we're heading out. Um, and all those deer were coming back. So like we didn't spook them off for good. Apsy is a super safe space for them. So like, and there's a lot of human pressure around there anyway because the the farmers are out in the field and they're doing stuff and and so they came back. It was no big deal, but it did feel kind of dumb that we were trying to like stalk in a field, um, mostly because of me. So I learned from that one too. The lesson that I learned, and this is a great one for all of you new hunters out there. Sometimes it's best to just walk back to the truck. Um, you're not going to pull off some crazy heroic maneuver, most likely. You might, but it's probably not worth it, especially if you're hunting private land where you don't want to spook deer and you don't want to make them run away. Don't do that shit. Just, just don't do it. I've, done, I've made stupid choices like that before. Um, last year when I was learning during rifle season, I made some poor choices like that. Um and that was a poor choice for me this year. Won't do it again. Just walk back to the truck. So yeah, that's sort of the uh the the recap from our three days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of lessons learned um i think we're better hunters after the weekend even though we we didn't fill the freezer um at the end of the day um learned a lot on public um i scouted a couple of areas before we hunted that first day um and learned a lot about um just some thermals and some other stuff um and kind of how that works i spooked a couple of deer that first morning um Mm. out of a different state for a spot that was kind of cool um I mean it wasn't cool that I spooked deer but it was cool that, cool I, learned that what I learned from yeah. <laughs> spooking deer mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it was cool that I saw deer uh-huh. um, so yeah I uh, I driving home I kind of was reflecting a little bit and you know knowing that A. I saw deer and heard deer more than once over the weekend goes to show that we're a lot better than we were when we first started this journey together. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's crazy with, um,
0: with archery hunting, especially like with hunting with a recurve, my range is so limited that when I even see a deer that comes into range of me, like within killing range of, of me, it's so cool and it's so exciting and it makes me feel like, I'm doing some things right, and we are doing some things right, and we're also learning a lot. Um, Our growth through this experience has really, like, like, I feel like gasoline was poured on the fire because not only did we get good enough to shoot our bows in time to hunt and be confident about that, we're also in the field actively learning stuff that, you know, people, People that grow up bow hunting just get taught by their parents or their grandparents, and that's the way it is. And we're out there putting in work and learning, even though, you know, right now we haven't been successful. I have full faith that we will one of us, one of us will be successful um before archery seasons end. And luckily, we still have about two months of archery season. There's a two-week break for rifle season in Michigan. Um, but it's November. Uh, it's November fourth. Uh, archery season ends January first of twenty twenty three. So we still have plenty of time. But man, learn so many things. Like learning about deer, like whitetail deer behavior in general, has been really cool. Um, how important scent is, and also how overly ridiculous I think some people can get with like scent control and whatever we we ended up smoking our clothes out over a campfire and that's like a pretty historically proven way to do some to provide some scent control i've had multiple old timers tell me like deer smell smoke it's not a threat to them they don't understand what it is they can smell human scent but like people get so caught up in the in the all sorts of i mean there's all sorts of products that you can buy for scent control when in reality you build a campfire Leave your stuff out on the deck and just don't bring it inside if you are going to hunt the next day, and you are probably going to be all right. But, um, yeah, it's just cool. It's cool getting to see deer so close because with a rifle you see them from a hundred yards away. It's a, it's a different experience than when they're you know right in front of you. And I had uh, last thing I'll say, I hunt. I went out and hunted the next day after Tristan had gone home, and I was out there in the afternoon, and the and the woods were kind of quiet, right? The farm was quiet, not a whole lot of action. And then 615 again rolls around when the temperature started to drop and the whole place came alive. And I stood on top of a hill and was able to use my binoculars to just watch. Um, I basically had resigned myself like, okay, I'm ready to shoot something, but like I'm going to learn right now. And it was crazy to watch everything come alive like it did because there's deer coming out of this area. They're coming out of this area and there's a raccoon walking 10 yards away from me. Um, it just, just cool, like to, to be a part of that. Um, and I practiced some stalking skills on my way back to the truck. I managed to get in a field. I managed to get about 40 yards away from a group of does. I thought maybe that was going to be my first kill, but just couldn't get quite close enough, but still 40 yards away in the middle of a field was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I think, um, one thing really that I learned about deer behavior is, Deer movement is heavily reliant upon temperature, and like you said, it was so warm the last couple of days when we were out there. Um, we just weren't seeing movement either, except super early in the morning, and then later at night, and like you you know you you have about 30 minutes realistically where the deer are moving and you have enough light to make a shot, and if they don't do exactly what you need them to do, it's not going to happen. Um, and so temperature's, I think, played a big factor
1: as we speak right now with all this storm and cold stuff going on actually i'm curious to see what it's going to look like after um yeah and 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 how early our movement actually starts
0: well and what's interesting is I think from from what the experts say uh, the the rut in northern parts of the united states has sort of been Slowed down by the warm temperatures that we've been experiencing in late October and early November so far um this weekend actually, so right now we're experiencing a storm front moving through, and then Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are gonna be not extremely cold, but it's gonna be cold enough where the deer are gonna have to start moving more during the day to feed more, which is really like you combine high rut uh high rut you know activity with the colder temperatures and the does are going to be moving more that's like the perfect recipe for success um and so that's coming up soon like starting on Sunday like the 7th um or the 6th I'm sorry and it's going to be a beautiful thing I hope so yeah before we move on from uh that's our hunting recap from this weekend when we got to hunt together We've been doing a lot separately too, um, and learning a lot. Neither one of us have taken a shot on a deer, but it's you know we've been experiencing good things. Do you have any other takeaways that you want to share before we move on to our next topic?
1: Um, we talked about sometimes going back to the truck, and I also want to kind of emphasize that also take those risks and try to hone those skills when you you know when you can and when you feel like it's necessary mm-hmm. and and do it informed and do it smart because that's that's kind of what this is all about i mean yeah. developing skills and learning more about yourself and 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 you know learning how to be just a better all-around hunter yeah um i mean we're always learning so i mean take those risks it may pay off for you yeah
0: it's it very like it you almost gotta, did it for you Calculated risk. Just on your way
1: back to the truck.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's like a calculated risk. Like when I made the move that I did when I tried to sneak around into that other field while you were with me, that was a calculated risk, but it didn't I mean it wasn't correctly calculated. When I chose to practice stalking on a couple does that were already in the way of the you know, they were in the direction I was already having to walk. That was a different thing. I was already walking that way to get back to the vehicle, so it made sense to, like, okay, well, I'll, like, throw my hat in the ring. There was no other way I could have gone to get back to the truck. When I made the decision I did with you, if I would have just sat tight, those deer probably would have moved into rain. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. We'll always say, what if? But, like, based on what I understand from their movement pattern, that would suggest that they were headed that direction anyway. So. Yeah, you're always going to question it a little bit, but if you uh, give it 100%, always. it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, yeah it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, no right. deer went in the bed of the truck. So yep. you just got to gotta live and learn and just get better for the next, the
0: next sit. All right, folks, that's going to wrap this one up for today. Uh, if you've been listening to this and you made it all the way through, thank you very much. Share it with a friend, with a family member. Leave a rating for us on Apple Podcast. That would be wonderful. And finally, go out, get yourself in nature. Get yourself in nature and do some, do some stuff. Feel good about it. It's good for the soul. So get out there, get after it. And we will see you guys next week.